0: Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline podcast. My name is Bob Heilig, your host and the founder of Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for the new wave of network marketing leaders that want to make an impact and aren't just building a downline, they're building a better world. Join us each week and learn how to build a profitable network marketing business that gives you complete freedom so that you can give back to the world in an even bigger way. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 106 of the podcast. And this is a bonus week for you on the podcast. You are going to get not just one, but two episodes this week. So trying to play catch up. Last couple of weeks, I know I didn't give you an episode like I promised I would of my event. And then I was on daddy duty for a week, which is a whole other topic. And uh, yeah, so just a bunch of craziness, but trying to play some catch up. I've got an entire list of episode topics that I want to be covering here. So I promise you, we are going to be getting into some really good stuff. I'm going to be getting back to doing a lot more original episodes. So yeah, can't wait to share that with you. But I promise you, we'll be getting back on a regular swing of things and cranking out some great Content Now for today, for this bonus episode, I'm actually going to stay along the same interview path that we've been on, but I'm going to flip the script a little bit and I'm going to actually share with you an interview that I did on someone else's podcast that I wanted to share with all of you here in my community. I did a interview with two members of our community, Erica and Lindsay, that are absolutely incredible leaders in their network marketing company. And they have a podcast of their own. It's called Often Ambitious. And uh, it is a top 100 podcast in iTunes. And they're young, and they are absolutely crushing it. But what I love about both of them is they really, really do embody this idea of legacy leadership and being a servant, and leading with love. So I was really honored. I was the first ever male guest on their podcast. So that was a great responsibility. But I did this interview actually just a couple of days after getting back from my live event. And I'll be honest, I was like mentally toast that whole week. And I was kind of worried because I was like, how am I going to turn it on for this episode? I really, really wanted to deliver for their audience because they're a part of our community and they're My Legacy Leadership Academy, and there are amazing students in there. And Erica spoke on stage at my event. So I was a little nervous. I'm like, I can't even form a sentence. How am I going to do an interview? And, you know, I like to think the Holy Spirit channeled through me because, you know, I drank an extra cup of coffee and I got on there. And I don't know that I've ever just kind of felt more just in tune with a conversation on an interview. And we wound up talking a lot about just the network marketing profession as a whole and what we need to do to come together and change the way that people look at it and fix some of the problems. And I talk, yes, I think it's the greatest profession ever, but I also don't think that we're without flaws. So we really dive deep into like, what does it take to win in a business like this? And I wound up talking. It's funny sometimes how you get in a flow you just, you know, I started talking and saying things that I don't know that I've ever really said it the way that I said it in that interview. And it was published on their podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've gotten so much, you know, people on Instagram tagging me in their DMs and story posts. I I mean, I've never gotten that much feedback from an interview that I've done. So I had to share it with all of you. I know it's going to impact you the same way that it did people in their community. And hey, look, if you're not familiar with the two of them, definitely go check out their show. They are doing incredible things, not just for people that are in network marketing, but female entrepreneurship as a whole. So without further ado, I'm going to turn the interview over. I hope you really enjoy it. Hey, do me a favor. Hit me up on Instagram. Let me know if you like this episode. You know, put take a screenshot of the episode, put it in your story, tag me in there. I respond literally to every DM that I get on Instagram. So. I'd love to hear from you over there. But here we go. Hope you enjoy the interview.
1: Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are so excited to talk to you. We literally just got back from your amazing event. And I can honestly say that I'm blown away. It was really good. (laughs) Literally mind blown. So many amazing takeaways.
0: Awesome. I'm still in recovery mode. And I think for me, this is the third year that I put this event on. But I did something very different this year in that I threw basically two dance parties to close the event out. This oh year. my
1: God, they were epic.
0: And, you know, they closed the event down with leading a, and, and literally singing on the microphone to Sweet Caroline. I was like, when that was done, my team was like, who are you? Like, what? <laughs> even last year, to get me to even like try to dance on stage, I would have been, it was so out of my comfort zone. And I'm literally like singing on the microphone in front of 300 people. So needless to say, I spent a little bit more energy this time than I normally would, but it was awesome. and
1: Well worth it. I mean, I can't lie. Like we were definitely blown away by whatever those moves were. They were, they were some good moves.
0: <laughs> but Listen, I, that was literally all... I, I mean, I gave you every move that I ever had or you know, packaged it all in one grand performance. So hopefully it made sense.
2: Great. It was great. <laughs> so I have to ask you, because we talked a lot about the Enneagram over the weekend. I'm sure you had like no mental space for it. But did you have a chance to take the Enneagram test yet?
0: I haven't taken okay. it yet. <gasps> I, when, okay. when you texted me just now, I remember that I needed to do that. So I'm okay. gonna, I just put it on my to do list for today.
1: All right. We're so eager to know. The whole internet
2: is eager to know. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone needs to know what Bob is. Amazing. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you know, I I actually want to talk and dive into, you know, when you were on stage, it was the last day and you were sharing your story. And I want you to dive into this because I think this is such a powerful testament of just persistence. And obviously, the reason that you have everything and you've accomplished everything today and how you had a full year of no's that Mm. whole story. And it feels like, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like that wasn't too long ago. I don't know. You can share that story with us. But I feel like that moment when you shared that story and then you got emotional. I mean, I don't think there was a dry eye Mm. in the whole room because I think that you pulled in what all of us have felt or maybe other people have felt or feeling currently about their business. Just feeling that frustration or feeling like I'm wanting this so badly, but why isn't it working for me? And it was just such a powerful moment. And I would love for you to kind of share that story for a second and maybe even connect the dots for us because going from where you were then in that moment, you said you pulled your car over, you were driving, you were so upset. You were asking God like, what's going on? Why aren't things working out for me? And then to today, I'd love for you to share that story.
0: Yeah, no. And I appreciate you saying that. It's interesting. I wasn't even really planning on telling that story the way that I did And I just kind of was like moved with the inspiration in the moment that I wanted to go a different direction talking about it. And even some of my team members are like, we never heard you share that story before. So I appreciate you saying that. And look, my story goes like this. I've been around. I serve the network marketing profession. And you all know that. I know most of your listeners or a lot of them are in that profession. And for the last three years, I've built a training company. But I spent the better part of almost eleven years in the field building a business just like both of you and everyone else, but my story is this: I did not get off to a great start my first year, I was terrible. I can jokingly look back and say now I, I sucked at network marketing. I just don 't know any other way to say it i didn't recruit a single person my whole first year. I had a total of two customers. I was one, and my mom was the other one.
1: Oh and my God.
0: trust me, it gets worse i'm not proud to share this, but The way that I finally got my mom to sign up was I basically just threatened her and told her I wouldn't come home for Christmas.
2: unless. Unless,
0: now get this, here's the punchline. She signed up for my long distance phone service, which is what we were marketing in my first network marketing company. Let me just paint the picture here. I was selling something that didn't require people to give me money. I was actually saving them money on a bill they were already paying. And I still couldn't get anyone to sign up. So you know, needless to say, in that first year, it was a challenge for me. And I think one of the reasons why I'm a good trainer today and why people resonate with my style and my story is because I know in a very close, intimate way what it's like to be in that deep, dark, and lonely place things not working the way you thought they they would. you know, Of being in a business, saying yes to this profession, having high hopes and dreams that your life is going to change and going out and really working hard at trying to make your life better, but not seeing the results, seeing other people around you having success, joining after you joined and blowing right by you. And I know a lot of times, and I spent many, many days really wondering whether I had what it took to be successful as an entrepreneur whether this was something that I could even do, right? And that first year was a character-building year for me. And I think looking back, when I look at that first year, here's what's so interesting. Sitting where I'm at today, and we're talking almost 20 years later. Wow. That first year is the thing that I'm most grateful for in my entire journey as an entrepreneur. Because I truly believe that if I would have seen success quickly or sooner that I would not have the level of understanding of the pain and suffering that the average person has to go through in order to create success in a business. And I think because I struggled so much in that first year, I can connect to people through the universal way that we connect to people, which is pain and suffering. See, I think a lot of times we have a tendency to think that our pain and our story and our suffering is the thing that keeps us separated from everyone else. We feel alone inside of that story and that pain. And what I've come to realize is the one universal thing everybody will experience at some point in their life is pain and suffering. And because I know it so well, because I spent so much time getting through it, I'm able to connect with people through that. So the, the way that I like to say it is, you know, and I'm a spiritual person, you brought up God. God doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what we need. And sometimes He puts things in front of us to help us grow and evolve and develop as a person, as a spiritual being, to grow our character. And what I teach a lot of people now, and this is kind of the common thread or the underlying belief of this thing that I came up with called legacy leadership. I founded something called the Legacy Leader Movement about a year and a half ago. And the Legacy Leader Movement states that network marketing is really nothing more than just a character development program with a compensation plan attached to it.
1: It's so true.
0: And what I didn't understand is in that first year, that was God testing me to see how badly I wanted to step into the calling that He has for my life. And what I really saw as a tremendous problem has really become my greatest gift now that I've got on the other side of it. And so... I share that with your listeners because I know there's probably some people here that are listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, that's me. You know, and what you're talking about is I recounted this once, you know, this specific instance where I was driving home from a meeting and I'm going to really date myself now, but this is like (laughs) pre-Facebook, this is pre-Zoom, pre-live, you know, all the tools that we have today that allow us to connect with people without even leaving our home, we used to go drive to people's houses incredible down with them and I can't tell you how many times in that first year I would drive sometimes two three four hours to meetings and nobody would show oh. and I can remember this one moment driving home so just spent at that point where I can't do this anymore and I remember pulling over on the side of the road just tears in my eyes and I'm just saying God why is this not happening like I'm a good person I'm working hard. I didn't understand in that moment that all of this stuff that I was going through, I was going through for a reason, that there was a bigger purpose, that someday I was going to be able to look back and talk about these experiences. And these would be the very stories that would allow me to connect with and inspire and move people. And I think sometimes we get, when we're in the middle of that pain, we forget that we're just starting to write our story. You know, and I remember in that moment that I wanted to quit, I also had this thought. I said, the other option's not an option for me. Going back to working a job, working for someone else, just getting by, that's not an option. Because even though I didn't see it happening around me, I always had this feeling or this belief that there was a bigger purpose for my life, that there was a reason why I was here. And I'll say that to every one of your listeners. I don't know you, but here's what I know about you. If you're listening to this podcast right now, There's a reason why. It's not a mistake that you said yes to whatever business you're a part of. It's not a mistake or an accident that you found Erica and Lindsay and that you listen to them every single week. You know deep down inside, just like I did, that there was something bigger out there for me. And my message to you is this. If you just don't quit, and if you're willing to do the hard work on yourself and start to look at the problems and the challenges that are presented in your life... Not as things that are happening to you, but as things that are happening for you to help you grow and evolve and develop the character that you will need to create the success long term that you want, it starts to change things.
1: It's like, and the interview's over. Have a great day. <laughs> I think the thing that like, I resonate so much with what perspective you've brought is that you know business can be very dry. And it can Mm. be very competitive. It can be very just you know, monotonous. And Mm -hmm. I think the thing I appreciate so much about what you're bringing to the table, especially in this profession, is the heart piece. There's Mm. just a tangible heart piece that you're kind of opening the door for and if people can really feel it, it's it's good.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's the big problem I think people have is that, and I'll talk specifically about network marketing, is I think a lot of times, People are afraid to really own it. You know, they're embarrassed to tell people. It's kind of like this thing, you know, they become like a secret agent for their company where it's like they're in it, but not everybody really knows and they don't even really really call it what it is. Right. And it's because we're not proud of what it is. And we think, and I struggle with this for a long time, that in order for us to become successful, we have to become something that we really aren't. Right. We have to be too salesy or coercive and we've got to trick people or we got to just operate in a way that's not true to the values and beliefs and principles that we lead our life by. And what I'm trying to shout from the mountaintops and get people to understand is that's not the case. This thing that I've created, Legacy Leadership, it teaches people. You know, there's three values that guide the mission of our work. One is love. I make the argument. And this is where you're, when you talk about the heart piece That if you can make love the foundation of your business and your life, there are very few things that will transform your life for the better quicker than that. And when I say love, I don't mean like the way you feel about people. I mean the way you act towards other people. See, when you lead from love and not fear and ego, like social media will draw you into wanting to do. It's like we curate these kind of perfectly scripted lives that really aren't real, but we want to give the impression that they are. And it drives this kind of egocentric culture of lack and scarcity and fear. And this is where a lot of people lead their businesses from and they don't realize. It. Yeah. I teach people, if you put love at the foundation of your business, if you can understand that there is a much bigger purpose and meaning behind why you're in this profession, right? And I think that's the message I want everybody to understand. There's such a bigger purpose for you in your business right now than you just making money getting a bonus check, or hitting the next rank advancement in your compensation. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. You should aspire to achieve because the more we do and the more we achieve, if you've put love at the center of your business, the bigger impact you can make in the world. But if you put love at the center of your business, you start building from the foundation of purpose and you stop looking at your business and your products as part of who you are and you see them for what they really are. They are vehicles to help you impact and transform the lives of other people. And when we stop looking at our business that way, here's what happens. All the things related to your business, prospecting, posting, doing videos, presenting, they go from things that you have to do to things that you get to do. So love is an important part of that. Second one is service. If you can adopt the mindset of a servant leader instead of what a lot of people fall trap is the self-serving leaders. Serving other people will do more for your success than anything. And the third one is growth. Growing yourself, growing others. If you allow those three things to guide your decisions and your actions, you'll see much better results.
2: So good. I mean, when I first... I think I first found your podcast. And that's how I first started listening to... Your content, consuming your content. And those were the words that I kept hearing over and over again. It was impact, it was transformation, it was legacy. And those are words that really resonate for me personally. Like, that's why I wake up in the morning. It's mm-hmm. why I'm so amped to do what I get to do every single day with my business. And I want to ask you, you know, personally, is there like a personal connection to these words? Like, was there a mentor that you worked with or you saw they, that they poured into you in that way? Is this something that you just feel like you just had in you this whole time? Or or was there a moment that you realized like, this is actually why I'm so passionate about this? This is why legacy and impact mean so much to me?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I'll answer it a couple different ways. One of the reasons why I was attracted to this profession in the first place, whether I realized it or not, is because I did have a burning desire to make a difference in the lives of other people. And it started out for me, I thought this was just going to be a way for me to make a lot of money because that's what my mentors really focused on. My early mentors were very just success-minded, driven, all about themselves, right? You know, driving the nice cars, wearing the nice watch. Like, that's all they talked about. That's all they promoted. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't aspire to have nice things. But if that's the only thing driving the mission of your work, then you're going to find this to be a very lonely existence because what you're going to think you know, you're going to think hitting that rank or getting that big check is going to solve all your problems, only to get there if you're lucky and realize that it won't. It's a very empty, unfulfilling existence. So I always had, I think, this innate desire that the thing that lit me up the most in my life was really giving to others. And I would get these brief glimpses of it where, you know, and I like to talk about this all the time. And I'm sure the both of you can attest to this and anybody else that's ever built a big team. There's no sense of fulfillment or joy that you will ever experience in your business, in your life, there's no check that would match when you see someone on your team that you have played even the smallest part in mentoring and helping them. When you see them go from somebody that doesn't believe in themselves, that struggles, that isn't sure if they can do this, and you see them reach that pinnacle of their business where they get that huge achievement, they have that self-confidence and belief, They've been able to change the external circumstances of their life through this business. And I remember the first time this ever happened to me, somebody got on stage at a big event. And when they gave their personal testimonial, they mentioned my name. Wow. And in that moment, never in my life did I ever experience more well, up until you know the birth of my son and my and you know, but at that moment, the joy and the fulfillment I got from that was a hundred times greater than any checkout I ever got. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's the measure of what we're talking about. If you're so lucky to have somebody mention your name in their personal testimonial, there's no greater honor and there's no better feeling. So I always kind of had this there. But I struggled my first 10 years of entrepreneurship. I didn't make like what would be considered big money. I could earn a living, but I wasn't like killing it the way I always thought I wanted to. And I remember... I would obsess over making a million dollars. Like It was just such a weird thing. Like It's just like I thought if I could make a million dollars someday that all my problems would be gone. And it's interesting, the first 10 years of my entrepreneurial career, obsessing over making a million, I never even came close. It wasn't until I really started to look at different mentors in this profession. I wasn't lucky to have a personal mentor that embodied what I teach today. And I started looking at people that weren't in my company because that's what I had to do. And I started noticing there were these common characteristics that were guiding the way that they showed up love and service and giving. They talked a lot about those things. And when I really started to look at myself and say, you know, I've been driven pretty much just by my own personal gain. What if I started kind of adopting some of these new beliefs and how would that change the way that I showed up in the world? Like for me, I used to just sell on social media all the time. I thought Facebook was there for me to get more customers and get more reps. It wasn't until I understood. That the secret to success is not trying to take from social, it's giving more. I started doing live videos. I started showing up and stopped selling so much and just tried to help people. When I started adopting these principles, here's what happened. And this is the way that I say it. When I stopped focusing on trying to make a million dollars, and I started focusing on trying to impact and serve and help a million people, almost everything changed for me overnight. It had always been there before. But I don't know that I really ever got clear on the fact that those were the very things I should have been focusing on. And I created my company and I started my podcast and all the work that I do because I want to be that upline, that virtual upline that I wish I would have had. Not everybody's as lucky to have leaders like the two of you that you know either they're on your personal team or they listen to your podcast. Not everybody's as lucky as that. So I want to be able to really be that for people, but I also want to legitimize the things that we're talking about. Because I believe that this profession is going through a transition. And I think a lot of the things that have worked in the last couple of years, right, especially on social media, they're not so much anymore. And it's really forcing people to take a look at who they've been in their business. And I want to legitimize these ideas. And I want people to be proud to say that they're a network marketer and be proud of what they're offering other people. And it's because there are a lot of examples of like we're talking about where, you know, these are the types of people that I want to aspire to be.
1: I love that. Gosh, it's so good. It's so true. I mean, all of it's true. And Bob, I had a very similar moment, like I think, maybe last fall. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can honestly say for the majority of me doing my business for the first like six months. I mean, I was so stuck. I'm a high achiever. And personal goals and wanting the success piece. I mean, that's part of my DNA wiring. And I was so limited in what I was doing because I was that focus was so narrow and I was so frustrated. And I remember having a similar shift of of seeing like the life change in somebody that I had been personally mentoring. And I remember it changed everything. I have that picture of her literally on my wall. She sent me like a text Mm. of her crying when she got a paycheck. And I remember I was like, that Man like that, that literally changed everything
0: it's so powerful well, lindsay, here's the thing is so many people what winds up happening is is that they get caught in this constant quest for more, right the next rank, the bigger check, the nicer car, the nicer home, and what winds up happening is we wind up looking outside of ourselves for fulfillment and joy. we think mm-hmm. that The solutions to our problems are going to happen through something that we accomplish. And here's the big problem with this. This is, by the way, this is a mindset that's rooted in scarcity. And scarcity is based off this idea that there's never enough. So we wind up going out there, working hard, thinking that these things will help solve this problem only to, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate to this, we set this big goal for ourselves. We actually go out and do it, And we celebrate it for like a day or two or a moment. And then one of two things happens. We either don't allow ourselves to really give credit for that accomplishment because we're too worried about the other shoe dropping at some point. We don't allow ourselves to feel too great about it because, well, what if? Or we're automatically focused on the next thing because what we realize is when we get there, yes, it'll bring us some happiness, but happiness is temporary. Fulfillment and joy do not come through accomplishment. So we wind up running this race that we can never win, constantly looking for more. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that have been in this profession, that have reached the top levels, that behind closed doors tell me, Bob, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. I'm just not excited about it because they accomplished everything they wanted to. They thought that was going to bring them fulfillment. It didn't. And then here's what we get back to. And this is what I want your listeners to understand. The key to long-term success in anything you do is you must find fulfillment in the work that you do. If the daily process of doing the work doesn't bring you joy, you are never going to continue to do this long enough in order to see what you want. And fulfillment comes from two things. And I can promise you, if you're listening to this now, and you're thinking like, yeah, but that's me. like I'm not feeling really fulfilled. I don't get up in the morning, excited to go talk to people. It's because of one of two reasons. Fulfillment comes from growth and contribution. And here's what happens. A lot of people stop growing. A lot of people, their success becomes the very thing that winds up being their demise. Their good becomes the enemy of their great. Because it's only natural at some point for us to have inertia to set in. We get a little lazy. You know, we get complacent. We ride on our past successes. We just want to, you know, kind of manage our team. And when we stop growing, we stop feeling fulfilled. So the question that I always ask people, and this is an important question, when was the last time that you did something for the first time? When was the last time that you pushed yourself to go to that next level? Because a lot of times as leaders, we're unwilling to do things anymore that might not make us look so good. And we forget that it's impossible for you to look better and get good at the same time. And if your goal is impact and contribution, the journey's never done. Because what you realize is the more you grow yourself, the bigger impact you can make. But then what also winds up happening is you become the lid on your team. When you stop growing and you don't provide an environment, because whether you realize it or not, your team's watching you. When they see you stop growing and trying new things and talking about new things, it's a message that they don't need to do that anymore. So it just creates a real toxic environment. So growth, very important. Second one is contribution. Contribution means that you are giving beyond your own needs and just beyond yourself. If contribution isn't driving the work that you do, then you're going to eventually lose that sense of deeper meaning and connection. And this is what this deeper sense of purpose is. Like if you're really viewing your business, not just as a way to get, but as a way to give, then you never reach the destination because there's always more people to help. But you know, I'm talking about this and I know I'm gonna read some of your listeners' mind. Because here's what they're thinking. Yeah, Bob, sounds nice. Contribution, I get it. Helping, that's great. But here's my problem. I don't have the success yet. I don't have the big check. I don't have the big team like Erica and Lindsay. We have this imposter syndrome that creeps in. Who am I to think that I can go out and help other people? Well, I'm going to give you a different way to look at it. Who are you not to do that? See, here's the thing you have to understand. You don't need a huge downline or a million dollars in your bank account or 10,000 views on your video to impact the life of one other person. Here's the secret to success. Start impacting and serving where you are. Start with one and you'll get to two. Serve and impact those two people and you'll get to four. See, the thing we have to remember is this. There are a lot more people in the world today hurting than there are helping. Oh. And if you chose in this profession, this is your choice for your career. This is your calling. You have to understand the gift that you've been given. Look, just listening to this podcast every week, This is a gift that God has given you that you get to hear things that will inspire you to think bigger, to push you out of your comfort zone and try new things so you can create better results. Well, guess what? Most people don't listen to this podcast. Most people don't hear these things on a daily basis. See, if you know it and it's helped you, even if you haven't seen the results yet, you got the information. Stop being so selfish with it. Start sharing it with other people and watch the power that that has to transform your life. You have a responsibility to give this gift to others. And when we can do that, when we can courageously share ourselves, and here's like the underlying thing that I'm talking about here. You've got to start with the core belief that you are enough. See, because one of the things I hear of people like, Bob, I struggle with inconsistency. Well, here's where inconsistency comes from. It comes from a lack of worthiness. Yes, yes, yes. If you're inconsistent in your business, it's because you don't think you're worthy of success. And here's how I know that to be true because I struggled with it for almost a decade. I was the king Mm. of starting and stopping, of self-sabotage. That comes because you have a limiting belief deep down inside that you're not enough, you're not worthy of success. And here's what happens. You go out. And you do the right things for a certain period of time. But then when you don't see the results you want, you stop because you say, Yep, see, I told you I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You attach your worthiness to the nose. So if we can understand that and we can change that story and belief and say that I am enough, here's what happens everything you do is a manifestation and an outflow from that. See, abundance comes from a deep sense of personal worthiness. When you change the story in your mind that you are enough and that you are worthy, you will go out and you will do it. Even if you don't see the results, you will do it long enough to get them eventually because you're not attaching your own worth to that. So going back to that, these are all really, really critical insights. These are things that took me so long to understand, but they're so important if you really, really want to go out and make a difference and really build the business and the life of your dreams,
2: I couldn't agree more. It's like, Bob, when are you writing your
1: book? When's the book coming (laughs) When is the church starting? When's the book?
0: (laughs) I'm in the process of writing it. It's proven to be the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because, and and I know a lot of your listeners will be able to identify with this, is I'm such a perfectionist. And perfectionism is really just a story. It's really just like, literally, I'm going to diagnose myself on your show right now. Please do. Perfectionism comes from really a fear of putting work out there that people don't, that you don't you don't, feel sure. don't think it's good. Like I've got this perfect vision of how it should be. I actually just heard this. This was something that really impacted me. And you know, sometimes we hear stuff and we're like, just hurts us. In one simple explanation, they so just like diagnosed your thing. And here's the thing that I heard that made me go, oh, that's, I don't want to hear that, but it's so good and it's so true is that So many of us in the quest for being perfect, we strive for A plus work. And what we forget to realize is that B minus work will change people's lives. Wow. And I fall victim of this, if I can just be completely honest. I don't put out enough content consistently because I strive for A plus work. And I have to keep reminding myself that B minus work changes lives. So I've Kind of, and I've made a personal commitment to myself that I'm really going to bear down and get this thing done because I know that it doesn't need to be perfect to change people's lives. And I know the things that I'm talking about here will change people's lives because they've changed my life. And I feel a a greater sense of responsibility to get this message out there to people specifically that are in our profession. Because I want to create something that when somebody joins your team, you can put in their hands, say, you may not realize it yet, but this is what you just signed up for.
2: I mean, I'll be first in line. Give me that book. We'll be at the book signing. Yeah. We'll right, be, we'll I'm, be make, there. I'm
0: making a list. Making
2: All right. List. I want to be on that book signing list. We'll be there. No, it's so true. And I think that any entrepreneur can resonate with that. I mean, whether you're brand new in the business or you've been working for yourself for many years, it's this like addiction piece. I used to have that for sure. A recovering perfectionist feeling like if I was going to do a video, I had to have my perfect bullet points. I needed to make sure everything I was saying on live was you know, did, have I researched this, Erica? Does this actually make sense? Like, And that never got me anywhere. It wasn't until I just ripped that Band-Aid and was like, you know what, like throw it all out the window. Because Mm. what I'm always kind of amazed at, to be honest, is just like the level of content that I can put out that I feel to myself. I'm like, this just isn't good enough. I'm not, this isn't going to change anyone's life. And the response that I get and people, thank you so much for sharing that. I needed to hear that today. Oh my gosh, like I've been going through that exact same thing. Thanks for writing that really? Like really? And it, we just all get in our heads around it. And and it's something that you talked about when you said consistency. And I would love for you to kind of dig that one in a little deeper and consistency because I think a lot of people don't understand that our success in any business really comes down to consistency. You talked about that on stage around intensity versus consistency. And I think everyone's looking... You know, They're listening to our podcast episodes. They want the tangibles. Erica, how many times a week do I post? How many times a week should I go live? And The truth is, is that they just need to figure out their level of consistency and just hammer it every... We heard the John Maxwell analogy of chopping the tree, the same spot, the same tree every single day, three chops, put the axe down, do it again the next day. And I think so many people, they forget about that piece of consistency and how important that is versus the intensity. I mean,
1: I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize until I was at your event, Bob, that I've been a crazy axe swinger for a year. (laughs) The point of it, that was honestly my biggest takeaway from the entire event was the intensity versus consistency concept. So I'd love for you to unpack it because if I can be really transparent, I've been swinging real hard and then I get real (laughs) tired.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing, Erica, you know, I appreciate you being on. I feel like unless I answer this question by taking a step back first, I'll be doing your audience a disservice. Let's be real. It's not that people don't have the axe in their hands. And it's not that they don't know how to swing it. It's just that they don't swing the axe long enough to get the results that they want. Yeah. So we have to ask ourselves the question, why is that? And I, you know, I've spent the better part of the last, since I started this kind of training company, I really spent the better part of the last kind of year, mostly year specifically, really kind of trying to answer the question, why are there so many talented, good-intentioned people that just don't ever see success? And I think what I've come to realize is that most of us that don't see success, it's because we focus on the wrong things. We operate from a core belief that is faulty. And here's the core belief and understanding that I want to get across to your audience. Success is not a matter of doing. It is a matter of being. And here's the big mistake that most of us make is we think it's a matter of doing. We always look outside of ourselves for the solutions to our problem. I need to talk to more people. I need to give more presentations. I don't have the right third-party tool to use. Or, you know, Facebook changed the algorithm again. I got to figure out, let me go to Instagram. It's like, we're always looking outside of ourselves for the solution, but that's not the way this works. Success is a matter of being. Who you are being in your business is made up of a bunch of different things. I call it your identity. These are the beliefs that you have about yourself. These are the stories that you create about why you are or are not where you want to be. They're the thoughts that you think. And what we need to understand is this. Our external circumstances, our results will always be a reflection of our identity and what's happening inside of us. It's actually our beliefs and our thoughts and our stories that create our outcomes. Because if we have a belief that we're not good enough and we have a story that we're not worthy, here's what I can promise you won't happen. You continuing to go out and do the right things long enough to get what you want. So until you change that, nothing else changes. It took me a decade to realize this, but here's what I want everybody to understand. You will never out-earn or outperform the person that you deep down inside believe yourself to be. And most of us, without ever even realizing it, completely unconsciously, don't feel we're worthy. And that's the reason why we're not consistent. It's the reason why we don't do it long enough. It's the reason why we self-sabotage because we never examine this. So here's the thing. Your beliefs about yourself are not set in stone. You can change them, right? Beliefs and thoughts, all they are is interpretations. That's the reason why you can have two people. I use this example at the meeting. I heard this story once about these two children, these twins that grew up in an abusive household. The father was an alcoholic. And this study, they followed them decades later in their life. And what they found was one of the children became an alcoholic. And they asked him, they say, why do you think that happened? And he said, well, how could I not look at my father? And the other brother, same circumstances, years later, went on to live great life, contributing to society, had a family, never touched any alcohol. They said, well, why do you think that happened? He said, well, how could it not look at my father? Wow. Two different interpretations of the same event. What I'm sharing with your audience right now will change their lives. And I know that because it changed my life. Here's what you need to realize. Your current circumstances, what you see in front of you today, the reality of your life is evidence of your past Here's where we get stuck. We limit what we believe to be possible for ourselves based off of what we see in front of us today, never realizing that if we do that, we are creating a future based on our past. It is the evidence of your future circumstances has not been created yet. It's your current thinking. So you start changing your thoughts. You start showing up differently, telling yourself different stories. You're already in the process of changing things. So this is really important. Now, it begs the next question, which is, is it as simple as just like changing our story and saying I am worthy? Well, that's the starting point. But here's where the rubber really hits the road and this is what we're talking about. The secret to success is found inside your habits. It's what you do every day. Your habits are actually a reflection of your identity. And what I want everybody here to understand is this. You're not broken. I think that's so important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. You are not broken. You have everything inside of you that you need in order to be as successful as you want. But the problem that you have is you just haven't put it out there consistently enough to see the results you want. So you got to understand, it's not that you're broken. It's just that you got some broken thinking and you got some broken habits that are keeping you stuck. Here's the good news. You can change both of them. So let's talk about this idea of habits. And here's the big belief that I want people to adopt because this is where a lot of people go wrong. One of the most common things I hear from my students is people say, I'm just afraid of failure, right? I'm afraid of failing. It's almost like a cute and a fun, very surface level way to explain why you're not where you want to be. But I want to give you a different story because here, if you're telling me you're afraid of failure, here's the thing is you've adopted a story about you taking action that's not serving you, it's limiting you. When somebody tells me they're afraid of failure, here's what I really hear. It's one of two things. I'm either afraid of trying and having other people see me fail. So you're allowing other people's opinions of what you do control you. But I think here's what's even a level below. It's not that you're afraid of failing so much. It's that you're afraid of actually trying and finding out that you're not really good enough. So it's easier for you to just have this kind of cute thing that you say without ever having to really put yourself out there but all of that stems from that limiting belief that you're not enough. See, if you start from a place that you are enough, what that means is you will not attach your self-worth to if someone says yes or no. This is a really long way to answer your question, but I thought it was important to kind of go through this That's sequence. So this is the story and this is the belief that I have. When I take an action, when I do something, one of two things happens. I either get the result that I want, which is good, right? I mean, like eventually we pray, God, someday have somebody say yes to That's kind of a necessary thing. We need people to say yes. And and the results are great. But here's the thing about the yeses. You don't learn and you don't grow through your successes. Remember what we talked about earlier, you probably don't even give yourself credit for what you've done. You just focus on what you haven't done. So the yeses are not the gift. The noes are the gift. You either get the result you want or you get the lesson that you need. That and right? the lessons only come through the no. See, if you can change the way you look at the no, stop resisting them. Start embracing them as part of the process and understand that the no's build you. The yeses build your business, the no's build you. Character is forged through challenge and adversity. And if you can look at the nos from a healthier perspective, not attaching your worth to them, what you'll find out is every no is an opportunity for you to learn, grow, and become better. And here's the secret. Remember what I said earlier, success is a matter of being. It's a matter of character. The better we become, the more yeses we begin to get. So it's this kind of positive, self-fulfilling prophecy. But this is where inconsistency comes from. It comes from us having these stories and these beliefs that are limiting us. And I think, Erica, what you're kind of getting at is, you know, swinging the axe. And you can, you know, clarify the question if you want, if you want me to kind of add on to this. But I think a lot of times we're swinging the axe really hard. And we're swinging the axe in a way that's not going to lead us to, you know, either we're not building the proper systems in our business. And we're just kind of building it because it's working, but we're not thinking about, like am i developing leaders the right way do i have systems in place that someday will allow me to not have to swing the axe yeah. because let's be real a lot of people in this profession of network marketing they don't have businesses they have jobs now you might be thinking well how do you know the difference well if your business can't run without you it's not a business it's a job so we have to look at we have to be intentional about the way we swing the axe and who we swing it with so that, that's There's a function of that there. But then I think there's also the function of if you've lost that sense of contribution and you're not looking at what you do through the bigger lens of purpose and understand that your network marketing business is the number one tool you will ever have in your lifetime to build a legacy for your life. All of that stuff really starts creating issues.
1: Bob, I think this is just an amazing conversation. And one of the things that I would love to hear your perspective on When you said specifically about developing leaders, I think that's kind of the place that, you know, Erica and I are at right now where we are truly in the trenches of personal development and helping other people develop. (laughs) And I think sometimes, I think the leadership element is such a major part of this business. You know, stepping into it, passing the baton, kind of figuring out how to essentially Create your replacement in so many ways and and continue to build that down term sustainability. You know, what would you say to someone who is kind of at this place where they're like, I don't know if I can do leadership? Like, I've never been in a place of leadership before. I'm nervous to lead people. I don't want to offend people. You know, I think I get that a lot. Like, I just don't want to say the wrong thing. What would be some of your, you know, major takeaways for developing leaders for our listeners?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think this is something that I struggled with for years and quite frankly, kept me stuck in my business for a very, very long time. Because I think what winds up happening is this. So network marketing starts out as a character development program because I think it's more than just about developing. A lot of people say personal development. And I think it's a lot more than just developing yourself with skills and strategies that will help you create results. Character development is the person that you are beneath all of that. Are you a good person? Do you serve, love, integrity, like all that stuff? But the business does very much start out to the degree that you can grow yourself. Eventually, usually the results will begin to follow. And a lot of us, we can create success just based on our own sheer will and determination. Like we can just go out and gut it out. We didn't need people to hold our hands. We just go figure it out. But then eventually what happens is we create kind of this like machine that starts to become kind of exhausting because along the way, we haven't been really intentional about how we work with people and who we work with and implementing the necessary systems that will help us facilitate the long-term growth. And we kind of hit a wall. And that wall happens at all different levels. I hit the wall for me personally. It was kind of early in my business. I was making about five, $6,000 a month after I finally started getting success after a couple of years. And I hit that wall at that point. What started to happen was I just started getting completely exhausted and burned out in my, in my business because I was having to do everything. And looking back now, what's clear to me that I can see is there's a shift that needs to happen from your own development to the development of the people on your team. This is what leadership is. See, this this idea that I teach legacy leadership, it's based on servant leadership. And servant leadership, a servant leader measures their success, not by the size of their check or the size of their downline. They measure their success by the effectiveness of their team. Are other people having success? Have you developed other people to the point where they are independent leaders and they don't necessarily need you to help and support them? So leadership development is a totally separate set of skill. And a lot of us resist stepping into leadership because, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier, we have this core belief, I'm not a leader, I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes, right? So I've spent enough time on that. But when we get into some of the actual soft skills of leadership, here's what happens for a lot of people. A lot of people, the very thing that becomes the foundation of their business that helps them see early success becomes the very thing that limits their ability to lead. And that thing is relationships. See, the thing I love about this profession is you get to choose who you work with, right? And a lot of times we're building these teams and these people literally become our family. We love each other. Like, so true. Yeah. All my best friends in the world today are not people that I grew up with. They're people that were in my downlines and that I met in this profession because we're just we all kind of cut of the same cloth, right? So we wind up forming these really tight bonds, which is really important. The foundation of leadership is relationships. Leadership happens from the neck up. If you can't connect with people in their minds and their hearts, you'll never leave. So you've got the foundation for leadership, but then here's what happens. You start realizing that what got you there isn't enough And there are certain things that you resist that are necessary components for leadership. I'll give you some examples. Setting boundaries and expectations on what people need to do to deserve your time. When you're coming up the ranks, give your time to anybody that comes and asks. You're happy just to get a phone call from somebody. You're like, yeah, you you just want to talk about the business and have fun. But what ends up happening is you get pulled in all these different directions and you start noticing that you're spending a lot of time on the phone and messaging and texting with people that aren't really doing anything. They just want to like, you know, complain or they want to get advice, but they're not doing anything. They're not committed to their own success. And if the way you lead is you just give your time freely and willingly to everybody, that's a surefire recipe for burnout and disaster. You need to reach a point where you understand there's only one me. And contrary to what many people believe, money is not your most valuable asset, it's time. Time is your most valuable asset. And if you don't respect your own time and you don't create some sort of expectation on what people need to do to get your time, then you can't be mad when other people don't respect your time. So what I had to do, I reached a point where I had to really, I had to start shifting the way I worked with my team. I had to start learning how to be more intentional and work with the people that deserved my time, but didn't need my time. Now, here's the hard part about this. The ones that deserve your time are usually your best people. These are also the people that very rarely will actually ask for your time. And what Mm -hmm. winds up happening is we build these big teams. We start getting pulled in all these different directions. Sometimes weeks go by, we don't even talk to our best leaders. And what winds up happening individually without any of us realizing is we all kind of get off track. We feel a little lonely, like not a lot of people talk about how lonely it is to be a leader. When you don't have somebody, like in your early days when you just started, you can call your upline all the time and complain. You know, my sponsor was like my psychologist and my counselor when I was my first couple of years. But then eventually we reach a level where we don't have that anymore. We can't call anybody and complain because we got to always look like we have it together. And leadership is a very lonely place sometimes. And the other thing is we'll never push ourselves as hard as we can to reach our full potential unless we have someone else there pushing us, holding us accountable. So we don't spend our time with our best people. We try to go motivate the unmotivated, make the uncommitted committed. We try to drag people across the finish line and we wind up resenting our business and resenting our team because we're spending our time with the wrong people. So you've got to learn to create boundaries around who you work with. It's not fair for me to commit to your business if you're not willing to commit to your own business because every minute I spend on the phone with you, is a minute I just robbed of someone else that's out there doing the work that could have used my help. And some people are like, Bob, but that's kind of mean. Because we have this limiting belief that if we do this, or here's the other big thing, confronting and calling people out. We don't confront people on our team that are our friends when they do something that we know is detrimental to their success because we don't want to seem like all of a sudden now we can't be like we're being their boss, right? Because it's like we're friends. We have this limiting belief that if we step in and confront them and hold them accountable, that we're going to push them away. And that's the story that we create. We call all of this stuff like tough love. Like This is how we brand it to say, I'm just not into the tough love thing. Well, I got news for you. I got a different way for you to look at it. It's not tough love. It's just love. This is all part of love. See, if you truly love your team... You're willing to do all this stuff. You know, if this is very apparent in my life today. I got a 20-month-old son. His name is Grayson. <laughs>
1: right.
0: And what I understand is my wife and I, every day we're having to step in and he doesn't even, he's just starting to understand, but we have to step in and be the bad parent because we know that unless we discipline him and hold him accountable and create boundaries, we have a responsibility to this little human being to help him grow up into a productive person with good character. And we don't hesitate to do that because we love him. But in our business, we don't do these things. Yeah. And we say, well, I love my team. Do you really? Yeah. Because if you really love them, you would be willing to get uncomfortable, do all these things and understand that this Mm -hmm. is the way that you serve. You know, I said it like this at the event. If you do not hold people accountable on your team, you are lacking in integrity. Because integrity means you're honest with people, even when it's inconvenient to you or doesn't feel comfortable. And if you know somebody does something that's detrimental to their eventual success and you as a leader do not point that out to them or confront them. Now, all of these are skills. There's a right or wrong way to do it. But if you're not willing to do it, then you're lacking integrity in your leadership with that person. Like everything I'm talking about here, I'm just giving different examples. These are all things that are required of leadership. And until I wasn't willing to step into those things, because I had all these stories and beliefs of what I thought they meant, and it's when I changed my mindset, that things began to change. And here's the other thing I'll say, going back to Lindsay, I think your question is like, what about people that just don't believe like I'm not that person yet? Well, here's the secret. If you rely on your current level of skills to determine what you think is possible for yourself, you're not going to really continue to grow in your life. So like I remember Brendan Burchard, I heard say it this way once, and I thought it was so good. If your confidence is tied to your competence or your ability, you're in trouble. Hmm. Here's how you got to be able to approach it. This is how I've led my life. In my business, when I was in leadership, and I was stepping into that every day, you're in situations you've never encountered. Here's what you need to have confidence about. This is going back to this idea of legacy leadership. Here's what it teaches At the very least, you can have confidence in your own compassion and love for another person. If you can have confidence in your ability to just show up and be there for someone else, serving them and focusing on their needs, and sometimes serving them, means that they just need to know that you understand them. See, anytime I go into a situation where I feel great, of fear and anxiety, here's what I know. If I can just show up from the right place in my heart and my soul and really have confidence in my compassion, I can figure things out. That's what confidence is. It's your ability to figure things out once you put yourself in that situation. And what I have found is every time I focused on other people and their needs and me serving them, I've always eventually been able to find the right answer. Or And even if I didn't, it didn't matter because at least I was there.
2: So good. It's like, to circle back when you started this episode that what network marketing really is, is a personal development program with a compensation plan attached to it. I mean, there could be nothing more true. The amount of growth that I mean, we've, we've had trans- to experience. Uh, I mean, yeah. Lindsay and I are... Because in reality, we've only really been in network marketing. Myself, I'll be two years in I September. I not even a year. Lindsay isn't even a year. I mean, we are not the same people we um, were when we yeah. started. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, just to kind of bring that all together what you said you have to be so willing to grow at a rate that feels so uncomfortable and and know that none of this is really going to feel natural to you and i don't think that there's a day that i wake up and i'm like yay leadership i'm awesome at this like no every day i'm like man i could have done better
0: this is the critical thing about what you're saying cuz i'm sure yeah. there are people that are listening to this right that have also been in cuz this is what we do this is what we do mm-hmm. people are going to be like oh, you've only been in for a year Oh, I can't stand her. I've been in this thing for three years. and I know. It hasn't even, right? This is what we do because we're conditioned to focus on the negative. And what I want your listeners to understand is it is your decision to consistently do that is the reason why you are where you are. I'll have so many people, you know, like students of mine that I'll coach that are in our community. They'll, you know, they'll have been in a year just like me and they'll have no result. You know, they'll be complaining. It's just not working. I'm like, well, what do you have to be they can't find anything <laughs> because they're only looking at their results. And then I bring up to them what you just said. I say, well, why don't you talk to me a little bit about you? Yeah. How are you today in relation to who you were a year ago? And then all of a sudden, in a yeah. moment, their entire energy shifts. They light up. Oh, you don't even know. I'm not even the same person. And then what I point out to them is I say, well, then why aren't you being grateful for that? Yeah, that's great. Because I got news for you. That's the greatest gift you will ever get from this business. And I remember people used to say that when I was broke and I was living on a friend's couch, 30 years old, three years into this business, still wasn't making it. People used to say, it's not about the money. And I'd be like, dude, easy for you to say, I'm broke. But here's what I found out. It really isn't about the money. You know, the more money you make, your happiness and your joy, and you reach a certain point where it's like, you have money. And what you understand is, you want to know the greatest gift I've been given because of this profession? I'm going to be a better dad to my son. There's no amount of money in the world that will equal the fact that because of network marketing, I am going to be a better father, and son. And I was taught that through building this business. The person you become is the greatest gift. And here's the secret this is the best tip I give you the whole episode. If you can constantly be just grateful for that, because that's the one thing you always have, here's the miracle. Whatever you focus on, you attract more of into your life. See, the problem is you've been focusing on the negative too long. Start counting your blessings. Start focusing on the positive. Really giving yourself credit and have some grace and compassion for the process. Because when you start focusing on the good and what you do have, it starts creating different emotions. And those emotions start driving more actions. And that eventually is the thing that leads you to what you want.
2: Well, Bob, I feel like everyone's brain is exploding at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> everyone's on the floor. We need to resuscitate
1: them. I mean, I've, them. Been, I've been laying down for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to do some CPR. I I'm horizontal. horizontal.
0: <laughs> but isn't that the beauty with podcasts versus Facebook Lives? You can do whatever the heck you want. They yeah.
2: Lynz <laughs> was not laying down, you guys, but, <laughs> but we are just like blown away. You gave so many incredible tips and insights. And I know that the next question our listeners are going to have are, where can they connect with you? But specifically, I want to pimp out Legacy Leadership Academy because I am in that and I have a lot of uh, girls on my team yeah. and some guys on my team who are in that group as well. And for those of you who are like, I want more Bob. You guys have to be in that. And I know it's not open right now for enrollment, but can you talk a little bit about the academy, when it's opening, what's in it? Because I've just found some of your trainings and your insights in there just invaluable.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. So Legacy Leadership Academy is really, it is my attempt at trying to help create a different generation of leaders inside this profession. So like, I think here's my sales pitch. What I've been talking about today, if it resonates with you, if you find value, that program is this on steroids. It is an intensive leadership development program where we give you a foundation of teaching, which is kind of the legacy leadership way. So when you first join, we take you through this leadership accelerator. And then it is monthly coaching and support to kind of help you really become the leader that you need to be for your downline and your team. And we do only open it up a couple of times a year. But By the time that your audience is listening to this, we'll probably be about a month out from opening up again. We're looking at like a mid-July open enrollment. If you go to LegacyLeadershipAcademy.com, you can join the waitlist. And uh, if you're on the waitlist, we always give some special incentives and early chances for them to enroll. We'll let them know. And then if you're just interested in following me, just search your virtual upline on social media. My Facebook page, I do lives. Instagram, I also do lives. My website is yourvirtualupline.com. And on my website, you can actually subscribe to and listen to my podcast as well.
1: Bob, your podcast is amazing. We love it's it. It's And yeah. we just want to thank you so much for being with us today, giving us just so many invaluable tips. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And also, thank you for being our first male interview. Yeah. Wow. I, I, did you know yeah, that? Yeah. welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think... We're at like 65. Yeah. Whoa. You are officially our first male interview yeah. and I can honestly say that you have set the bar extremely high. <laughs> <Not every, laughs> so. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a great honor. And listen, I will, before we go, I want to just acknowledge the two of you because both of you to have the mindset that you do of using this kind of platform for something much bigger and more important than just your own personal gain. I think that there's not enough of the two of you in this profession and for you to do that at such a, a young age, to have that wisdom and that heart to want to really serve. Because, listen, if, for any of you that, that don't have podcasts, here's what you don't know this stuff ain't easy. It's <laughs> no, not, oh. you know, I remember starting a podcast. I'm like, oh, I'll do a podcast. That'll be fun. Then I'm like, damn, this is like a lot of work. Yeah. So, <laughs> for you to be like running a successful business, you have huge downline, and then still to sacrifice your personal time from your family to do this to serve a bigger audience. I think that says more about you than anything else. So I'm honored and I'm grateful to be on the show, to have, you know, now be able to call both of you friends and anything I can ever do to help further the mission of the work that you do and serve your audience. I'm more than ever. Bob, thanks
2: so we much for hanging out so much. Yeah, this has been great. Time. And we know everyone's going to love this episode. And uh, we're going to send everyone your way. So all the links that Bob mentioned, we're going to include those in our show notes. But thank you again. We're yeah. blown away and we're so appreciative. Thank you so
0: much. Awesome. My pleasure. All right. Well, that was a long one. I mean, what? Talk about a bonus episode. That was like a super-sized bonus. But I hope you got as much enjoyment out as I did in doing that interview. Like I said, hey, hit me up on Instagram. Shoot me a message. Let me know if you liked it. Tag me in the story post. And more than anything, though, definitely go check out Erica and Lindsey, the uh, Often Ambitious Podcast. We'll put the link in the show notes. They're doing some incredible things. So thanks to them for having me and letting me share this on my show. And I'll see you in a couple of days for episode two of your bonus week on the podcast here. Take care, everybody.